I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome to Counseling on Demand. I'm your host, Fred Riley. Hey, thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Uh, be sure to find us on uh, Instagram, actually, at Riley Counseling. We're uh, posting a few things on there a week, uh, sometimes often the similar topic as a podcast and sometimes some other information. So there's some good written information for you uh, that you can follow up on. Again, that's Riley Counseling on Instagram. So today... Uh, today's podcast. We're going to talk for a few minutes about a pretty common topic right now and one that is going to be uh, covered for quite some time and that is the the topic of devices, uh, media devices, uh, handheld devices, games, um, consoles, all of those fall into this category. We're going to talk about, uh, particularly we're going to talk about our children, our teens with these devices and Before we get started, you know, one of the things that we're going to highlight uh, right off the bat is that uh, research is starting to come out. You know, we're about 10 years into uh, devices now. We're about 10 years into programs like uh, Facebook and and, uh, other social media. You know, smartphones really kicked in about 10 years ago. And so research is starting to accumulate. And I'm talking about research uh, through primarily through schools of psychology. You know, there's all kinds of information and studies out there, but the good quality studies are starting to to come out. And I think, honestly, it's just the beginning. We're, we're going to need a, a few more years to really understand the impact of devices on families and devices on individuals. But there's a few things that we're finding, so we're going to talk about those today. So one of the things we're going to talk about is uh, depression. You know, a very common topic is, uh, well, we'll talk about ADHD as well. A very common topic uh, in in, re- in reference to devices is trying to parent uh, these children that uh, are on devices for some time. They don't tend to listen. You're having to ask them multiple times to focus. And so there's a lot of focus uh, out there. Is, is this an ADHD issue? Are these oppositional defiant kids? And we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later on today's podcast about what I, I see going on with those individuals, those children, those teens that are having trouble breaking away. So let's go ahead and get started with this idea of uh, depression. So there was, uh, there's been a few studies out there, and uh, the studies, what they do is they take uh, certain age ranges. Uh, this one study I'm talking about, they took an age range of 12 to 18. And what they do is they, they take a, a cohort, a, a group of uh, kids from 12 to 18, and they establish that these individuals 
um, are free from depression. In some studies, they will establish that they might there might be a group of about five percent, but they screen for kids that uh, are free from depression as as well as they can screen that. And then what they do is they um, expose them to one of four or sorry fourteen different social media platforms over the period of eighteen months. And then they come back in and, and they do some assessment to see how how these uh, individuals are doing. And one of the things that they're finding is that of that cohort, and without all the social media, um, those that have been exposed to one or two social media platforms or no social media platforms, there's about a 5% increase uh, in depression over that 18 months. So there's a natural process of depression that develops. However... Those uh, individuals in the study that were exposed to uh, 14 platforms of social media, they actually doubled that. So they they found that there was a 10% increase in depression. As a matter of fact, uh, other studies to support that have said that those with uh, with uh, seven or eight hours of access, listen to that, seven or eight hours of access a day, that's almost a third of our day. The other third were sleeping, Right. So they have found that those that have access as far up as seven to eight hours will actually show a 90% more likelihood of developing depression. Now, ADHD comes into the picture as well. Again, ADHD is this uh, inattentive, hyperactive, difficulty focusing. And you may remember back in the 90s where uh, just, I mean, it was really popular to diagnose these children with ADHD. And what we're finding is that, in my opinion, there's a fine line between are we dealing with ADHD or are we dealing with something else that's going on? And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But on this end, ADHD diagnoses are going up about the same rate as depression when children are exposed to devices, more specifically when they're exposed to um, social media. So um, pretty important stuff. Actually, backing up to depression for just a minute, you know, the number one, uh, the highest level, the highest impact on children today in terms of suicide risk happens to be what you've probably heard of as cyberbullying. Um, individuals, I work with a lot of kids that happen to get bullied at school, pretty hard on them, but this social media, having access to that device is really, really hard on these kids, and they, that's the biggest, uh, greatest predictor right now of suicide. So a lot of negative influence. As a matter of fact, uh, one study, what they did is they said that uh, with uh, positive interactions, so positive, uh, you know, messages, responses on social media, children, teens tend to show a little bit of a a self-esteem kick up per session. Okay, so just a little bit of influence on their image, a little bit of influence on confidence, but it's short-lived. What they found, however, is that these negative-based evaluations, these negative comments, these negative ideas had a huge impact for days on these individuals. So the idea is it's not just that the negative brings people down, but it's also that the positive doesn't tend to influence the kids to feel much better. It's short-lived. They don't count on it. So, so far we're talking about ADHD. We're talking about depression, and those are some of the mental health aspects that are going on in terms of 
um, influence for social media devices and the like. And so we're going to move over to talking a little bit about the role that devices play in terms of family, in terms of compliance, in terms of what looks like ADHD and what looks like oppositional defiant disorder. Welcome back to Counseling on Demand. I am your host, Fred Riley. Welcome back to today's podcast. You know, we're talking today about uh, devices. And when I talk about devices, I'm including gaming consoles. I'm including laptops, uh, iPads, um, all the different devices that we have in our home. And it's pretty alarming. Uh, You know, back in the day, we used to talk about things like, uh, should a child have a TV in their room? or that type of thing. And now we're talking about uh, children and teens that sometimes manage three to four devices at one time. They're watching a YouTube video while they're learning about something else on another device and then on a third device. They're multitasking um, in in a way that uh, really our, our children or teens haven't multitasked before. And so part of what's going on here that I wanted to talk about is, you know, we talked about depression and ADHD one of the things we really need to talk about, though, is parenting and, and uh, you know, the stress that comes with parenting. You know when you're asking a child to get off a device, you're asking three or four times. And then what happens? When you ask them and they finally get off, they're very irritable. And you'll notice that when they finally get off that device, not only are they irritable, but they're most likely going to complain about being hungry and they're going to want to go to the bathroom. So, when a child or a teen is getting off a device and they're irritable, hungry, and they want to go to the bathroom, that is evidence that you are trying to get them to make a logical decision when they're not in a logical place. Those symptoms are evidence that although they look like they're intellect, in, uh, intellectually interacting with their devices, when they are asked to let go of that device, they're on a, a glutamate. Uh, that's a neurotransmitter in the brain, they're on a dopamine glutamate high. And what you're doing when you're asking them to come to dinner or when you're asking them to spend less time, you are um, inadvertently putting them in survival mode. What they do is they don't like that change. They don't like being asked to step away from that good feeling, that uh, high level of interaction. And so children, teens tend to show up with parents like in my office saying this, this, this young man has a addiction. He has a oppositional defiant disorder. He, he doesn't listen, and, and we get in all these arguments and so forth. And there's some of that, but the reality is, is we're, it's almost like taking food away from somebody that hasn't had food for a very long time. So the need to go to the bathroom, the need to eat, um, the, they might even go to sleep. Okay, those are all baseline needs that, that are related to survival. So once that uh, that once we shut down that prefrontal cortex, uh, we're going to be met with irritation. The brain's going to say, this is unfair. It's not fair for you to take this away from me. So I'm going to use anger as a way to express that unfairness. And as they settle in a little bit to that detachment from a device, then those other, those other bodily functions that were being suppressed per the video games, um, the devices and so forth, 
um, those those emerge. And that's evidence that the brain is kind of locking into other things that seem more important. When things seem more important, we're talking about some very powerful neurotransmitters, including glutamate, dopamine, and so forth. And so one of the things we want to keep in mind as a parent is that uh, rather than worry about our child getting upset, rather than worry about them kind of being resistant to dinner, for example, we want to anticipate and expect that. That way we're not getting upset every time. There's videos online of uh, of teens that uh, are being asked to leave their device or they're not playing a video game or they're not hearing what they want on their device, they're not seeing it, and it's like device rage. These uh, individuals, these teens are turning, they're pulling their hair, they're turning over desks, and they're just feeling this great amount of rage because they are, they're struggling with kind of a, 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 an addiction, if you will, a separation from that good feeling to all of a sudden a negative feeling. So as your parent, be mindful that your children are not necessarily opposing you. They are on, uh, in essence, uh, kind of a chemical high. So with ADHD, it looks like they're distracted. It looks like they're, they're not present. Well, the real, reality is they are distracted. They're not present but they're also being impacted by the important, what seems to be more important. The brain says, what's going on in front of me with this device, this game, is more important than what's going on behind me. So are they opposing you? No, they're in a different gear. And we still, we still hold boundaries. We still limit access and time to these devices. But I'm going to encourage you to be mindful that this this isn't a time for a power struggle. This is a time to maybe touch your child on the arm, maybe step in front of them and ask for eye contact. That's your way to kind of cue them in so that you aren't yelling at them from behind to get off a device. You're talking to someone that's not interested in hearing you. They're not being oppositional. So there is so much, like I mentioned, there are so many things that we still don't know about devices, media, social media, gaming. There's still so much research out there. There's still so much research to be done. Today, we've just talked about a a few uh, items that are coming up, like the impact of these these games and and social media on uh, higher levels, higher risk for depression and ADHD. And then also just a few minutes here talking about, you know, what looks like maybe oppositional defiant disorder, what looks like um, anger issues, what looks like um, you know, we've got a child that is uh, ADHD or whatever. The reality is, is we're asking a child to come back into a reality that isn't or doesn't seem as important as, as the uh, device or what have you that they're in. Take time to read online. Take time to, to study up and see what studies are out there. Take time to learn more about what goes on with the brain while devices are being used. It will help you better understand how to be there as a parent. I am Fred Riley. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can find me online at gettingbacktolife.com. That's getting back the number two, life.com.